Vince Murata with the All-Star Game and the trade deadline looming. It's kicking into high gear on the serious scale for the Suns. Can they get it going against the Bucks? We'll preview it tomorrow morning starting at 6 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This song reminds me of Vince Murata. Oh, yeah. Sure. This song, for some reason, every time I hear this, I think Vinny loves this song. He does. Friday, I'm in love. He loves, like, Depeche Mode, The Cure, The Smiths. That's sort of his. No, Vinny. Wheelhouse. This is basically right. Yeah, yeah. It's when I hear this song, I think of Vince Morata. Very funny song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then to have the Vince Morata look ahead during the Vince Morata song. Exactly. It's yeah. synergy. That's just some that stellar is. producing. That, right that there, really isn't is. It? That's DJ Lauren flexing all over the Burns and Gambo show like she knew, like she absolutely knew. Uh, welcome back in. It's the Burns and Gambo show. This is Frank Vogel. After the Phoenix Suns finally wrapped up that big road trip, the seven gamer in which they went four and three. We got healthier, and we've, you know, every, every game that, that those three guys get to play together, having missed so much of the early part of the season, uh, every game that those guys get to play together, they get to learn each other just a, a little bit more, you know. So I think there was a lot of that going on on this trip. Yeah, there was a lot of that going yeah. on over this trip. And That's it, why I gave it a B. Is that because I mean they got more continuity, they came out healthy. There's there are things to look at besides just the win loss, right? I mean, they could they have had five wins instead of four, probably. They probably didn't like the way they played against Atlanta, you know, for sure, but they came out healthy. Mm-hmm. They got guys back that were out. They got Bowl back. They got Grayson Allen back. Nobody got injured. I mean, if I put, if I kind of look at everything, optimist. you really are. I mean, you you're just a positive thinking. You know, I I, I want I want this team to win very badly. I do. I want them to win very badly. Yeah, so do I. But uh, not as badly as you do. Well, no, no. I mean, we all do. It's it's not necessarily a contest. No, no, not as badly anything. as it's not as badly. Like you, you oh, this is okay. Well, if it is no, a contest, is like, then I like, guess I want it more than you do. Yeah, you want it more which, than a lot, most people I know. Which is maybe why I'm a little more curmudgeon about the road trip because I do want results. You know, I, I look at the fourth quarter meltdown against Indiana, the fourth quarter meltdown against Orlando, the awful defense and the turnovers against Atlanta, and I I think a, a truly contending team would have found a way past that and through that and would have. Been, is there a huge difference between finishing a trip? four and three or five and two no of course there isn't but if you're looking at the one of the main things to take away from this trip and kellen olson pointed this out in his story today or yesterday on arizonasports.com it's been 15 consecutive games now of the big three being able to play right like 19 overall i think they're 12 and 7 in those games one of those was the Knicks game where beal got hurt very early on but we've had a good, long, steady, solid run of the big three giving us exactly what we all wanted, right? Yeah. That that time yeah. together to kind of figure out how to play. Is there specific takeaways from it, general takeaways from it? What do we think of these 15 games when we talk about the Suns? I think I see continued progress. I think I see that there's that they could play better. But I think, look, 12 wins, um, field goal percentage about 55%, three-point percentage about 40, a little bit over 43. Um, offensive rating very, very high, good net rating. You know, you look at it, um, I think I saw this in one of the PHNX stories in the in, 393 minutes with Booker, Durant, and Beal. The Suns have outscored opponents by 112 points. 
I see the success. I see the vision for what they thought when they put these guys together. I see Bradley Beal has taken a big step back, you know, as far as, you know, I, I'm not going to shoot the ball as much. But I, I did notice something on Beal, which is pretty interesting. I'm going to call, I'm going to, I'm going to call it up right now. I want to see what your thoughts is. Okay. So he's, you know, here's a guy that's been one of the most best scorers in the NBA. He averaged 30 points two years in a row. Okay. He's averaging 18 points now. He's not even that old. But he averaged 30 points a game in 2019 20, 31.3 in 2021. But he has the Interesting thing. His efficiency is really high. Like, you know, his 49, his 49.6% field goal percentage is the second best of his career. Doesn't surprise me at all. His whole career. And, and and I'm assuming that even includes some of the poor play during this road trip, which I think is directly attributable to the fact that he broke his face against the Indiana totally, Pacers. Totally. Right? Like, I mean, I, I think if you want a reason why Bradley Beal is struggling to shoot the basketball, he broke his face a week ago against the Indiana Pacers. And right. that I don't even want to for a second judge how that's going to impact a player and how he plays. Absolutely. Look, I, I've... I, I I've said I believe this about Bradley Beal, and I know we've talked about this, but I'll I'll say it again for the benefit of our audience. I think Bradley Beal's ability to sacrifice and his willingness to know that on this team you're not getting thirty points tonight. You're gonna you're not getting anywhere close to thirty. He's getting eighteen. Yeah, you you've got to be fine with that because in a situation like this, you need a third player to be fine with that. And not every third guy would be okay with that. And so that's why I like Bradley Beal in this role, because I don't get the impression that he's all that hung up on it. But I think the efficiency stands out to me. Like, with you know, sometimes they say less is more. Yeah. You know, can Bradley Beal be a more, a, a more efficient player with less shots, not having to carry the load? I mean, is he getting easier looks and open jump shots and open three-pointers? Because that stands out to me is, okay, his numbers are way down because he's the third wheel now. Mm-hmm. He's not the number one guy. But, man, has he been efficient with the minutes he's playing. He, In theory, when he's on the floor with Devin Booker and, Bre- and, De- and Kevin Durant, he should be getting so much better looks, right? Like, he should be getting – and that's where I think – I think there's still way more room for Bradley Beal to go up in because I think as this thing gets better and better, the quality of shots he's going to get is going to get better and better. And when he starts making them because he didn't break his face, then I, I think things are going to really – he was – remember, but going into that – Dallas game. He was trending really well. He was trending really, really well. He was averaging about 21 points per over his last seven games. He was averaging about 21 points per game. He was shooting like 50% from the floor, like 50% from three. It was working. He was, And then he got hurt against Indiana, and I think he took a step back. I think there is something to be said about the quality of looks that Bradley Beal is getting that he never got when he was in Washington because he was always the guy in Washington, and they treated him like he was the guy in Washington, you know? And when he got 43 points yesterday. He just kind of showed everybody, I can still do this. I can still do this if you need me to. I can go get you 40 because that's what I've done. My I've done this my whole career. I can go get you 30, 35, 40 in a game. So he had 37 in a game against the Lakers on January 11th, and he had the 43. So I think at times he still says, I can, I, I can still do this if you need me to do it. Here's Bradley Beal from the postgame yesterday talking about putting ego aside to learn to play with a big three. Oh, for sure. The ego's out the door. I mean, the moment I decided to... You know, to leave D.C., you know, it was 
Like you have to understand you're going into a situation that, you know, hell, book was me in in Phoenix. You know, he's been there nine years. You know, so, um, you know, you're going somewhere where you're helping another guy uplift his team and uplift him as a player and uplift his status. And, and we have K. He's one of the best to ever touch a ball. You know, so for me, it's how do I fit into that? Um, and the thing I love the most about them, too, is they tell me to be me. Like, we need you to be yourself. Like, we didn't bring you here to bring you here to do anything other than that you know and so that's very encouraging to me that's very uplifting uh that's what kind of helps mold and make that transition a lot smoother when you have guys who are selfless like that we're going to talk about this more specifically a little later but i'll tease ahead a little bit by saying one of the things with this big extended run we've seen with the big three that i'd still want to see get better fourth quarters it's still it's still a problem it's still a thing yeah it's still still a a thorn on in their Uh side Uh and still a thing mental or fatigue or whatever it is you hope they get to figure that out yep that's gotta get that's gotta get figured out come join the arizona sports promo team tomorrow from six until 7 30 down at copper blues at desert ridge while on site they'll be giving away the ultimate arizona sports package which includes two tickets to go see the suns and the jazz two tickets to waste management phoenix open two tickets to see frank Caliendo, along with a $50 food and beverage gift card. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details, and our crew will see you out there tomorrow at Copper Blues. The NBA trade deadline is coming up on Thursday. What is fact? What is fiction? Gambo's got some information, and I'm told a surprise for me. Is that is that accurate, right? Is that the right I way to put it? I think we'll have this? something that could be a surprise Ooh, for you. I'm looking forward to that next on the Birds and Gambo Show. Hello, everybody. Dan Bickley here, and Giannis and the Bucks are in town for a showdown at Footprint Center. We'll get y'all prepped up for it starting at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I saw uh, a note on social media that tomorrow marks the one-year anniversary of Matt Ishbia purchasing the Phoenix Suns. So it's been a year. It's finally been it's finally been one year since that has happened. And I bring that up because we all know what happened immediately after Matt Ishbia bought the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant was traded here, and it's been a wild ride ever since. Now, uh, we had promised that if, you, if you're watching the stream right now at ArizonaSports.com, you'll see a big empty spot where Gambo sits. Have you noticed that, Lauren, that he's not he's currently not in that chair right now? Right. I might have noticed when I didn't have to turn his mic on. <laughs> he's, not, he's not there because, as we like to say, oh, no, 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 no. I thought he was in the office on the phone with a source, and instead he's he's dressed. He's dressed. Is this my surprise? Gebo's dressed as the Grim Reaper. <laughs> oh no. Gambo, who um, left during the commercial break, I assumed he was on the phone with a source. I assumed he was doing very important things. Instead, as a Grim Reaper costume complete with a fake sickle. You look scary. That's frightening. Oh, I, you, 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 you. Thank you. That, that, Please take off the mic or the mask. Thank you. 
Is this my surprise? Yeah, this is your surprise. You dressed as the Grim Reaper? Uh, this is your surprise. Are you going to do this all week long? I think I'll do this every time. This. Oh, a little B.O.C. There we go. There we go. I figured I might as well play the I part. Thought, I thought the surprise was going to be, hey, I got a yeah. new name for you. Hey, I got it. It's a costume. That's oh, my surprise. A, yeah, crank it up a little did, for me, Lauren. Did, did you did you buy this costume yes. for this? Yes. Uh, go to ArizonaSports.com where you can see video. Or if you're on the website right well, now. That's what ArizonaSports.com right, is. Yes. Right, right, yeah, right. Romeo and Juliet. I saw you coming down the hall, and I thought, oh, that's my surprise. (laughs) Jambo's wearing a Grim Reaper costume. Did you buy that? Yes. Yes, I did. Just, I figured I got a later part. Everybody, you know, you know, when we when we can't we we kill rumors. Yes, it's the Reaper, and then this sickle. It is Blue Oyster Cult. We've been playing this song for a decade. When we kill a rumor, and people are accustomed to this song and the Reaper, when we say and, it's and, not going to happen, you've given them a visual, and so now I'm giving you a visual. This, this is what it looks I like. I went out and I spent money, and I got my own. <laughs> Don't fear the Reaper costume. <laughs> I assume we documented this. Yes, this is very good. You can, can we document it? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, it's, it's uh, on ArizonaSports.com, and Mitch is putting it out on social. And what do you think? How's the look? I think you look scary. Yeah. I think you I think you look pretty scary. Look like death. Yeah. Do I look I, like death? I, I'm a little worried that death. you're coming after me with a sickle. I hope sickle. you're not killing me. Yeah. I hope it's not my time. Came Friday. I was I wanted to do it Friday for when I killed one of the rumors Friday. Uh-huh. There was a rumor Friday that that I killed. I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> uh, might have been the uh, Tyus Jones one. Uh, I believe that was the one. But yeah, I believe that was, like, that was oh, the one it on Friday. Yeah. It got dropped off at like 12:30, so I didn't have it when Amazon? I got here. Amazon? It, yes. It was a little yes. little slow. Okay. Yeah. All right, so Reaper, what are you there killing today? Is. Or are we just playing the song? We just goofy. You got something to kill no, today? The, the, the newest rumor that came out today was that Isaac Okoro is expected to draw interest uh, at the trade deadline. The Knicks, Hawks, Pacers, Suns, and Bucks are all teams to closely monitor as all are known to have interest in acquiring a two-way wing. Um, not a guy I believe the Suns have interest in. Not a guy they have interest in. The other one that I'm I'm not 100% ruling it out yet, but I'm, I'm saying it's unlikely is Andre Drummond. Okay. That was another big name today, the center, Andre Drummond. I need to find out more information. My initial uh, contact was no on Andre Drummond, but I want to do a little more digging before I definitely go with that, but I'm leaning towards a no at this time. Okay, okay, so no on him. The name that everybody's been focused on is Miles Bridges. A lot of people have been focused on Miles Bridges, I should say, not everyone. And and Miles Bridges, I'm going to say, listen, you you guys are reading a lot of stuff, and man, I just cannot go down that path with where everybody else is. I continue to say that there is nothing close on Miles Bridges. There hasn't even been any discussions in the last 24 to 48 hours, and it continues to be unlikely to me. It continues to be a scenario which is going to be very hard to do, I know a lot of people putting stuff out there that is just not true. It's just not true. Um, so I don't, I, you know, do I, do they like Miles Bridges? Yes. I still think it's very difficult to do. So at this point, the week of the trade deadline, that's, you know, I, I'm going to continue to lean on. I don't think that they're going to be able to get that done. Okay. 
because the deadline is Thursday, Thursday at one o'clock, Biles Bridges. And of course, we talked about this. Oh, we've talked about this a lot. And we will talk about this a lot this week is a very hot button name, very controversial. Uh, his legal problems have made him kind of a kind of a hot potato and one that I'm sure a lot of teams don't want to touch. He's certainly available. He certainly would help when you're putting the mask back on. It makes it's it's. I couldn't do a show like that with, with with looking at you like that. That's scary. That's frightening. Yeah, it, 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 I'm I'm nervous doing that. Yeah, I, I take the mask off. You're making me don't don't. You're not coming for me. It's Put great the, radio when Gambo puts the mask on too. <laughs> it is. We He's, have video now. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, don't don't put that put that down. Put that down. Um, but we still think they're going to do something, right? Yes, they are going to do something. I fully expect that they're going to be able to, that they're going to make a trade. Um, there's a lot of names out there that 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 you're hearing, and a lot of it is like you know, Jay Sean Tate is a guy they're not interested in, and Tyus Jones, Nick Richards, and you know, I've been able to say to a lot of these guys, no, 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 they're not interested, you know, in those guys. There are definitely names that they are looking at that nobody has mentioned. Nobody. There are names out there that they are kicking the tires on that haven't got caught up in the, you know, in the cycle of, hey, what about this guy? What about that guy? So it's very likely that they make a move. Um, and I, and it, it very well could be somebody that we haven't even discussed yet. So there is still, do they like Royce O'Neal? Yeah, they like Royce O'Neal. Do they like Miles? Sure, they like Miles Bridges. I just think it's very, very hard yeah. to do. You know what, though? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm and it's like, so, and you know, PJ Tucker, no. I mean, if maybe if there was nobody left. KJ Martin, same thing. No. You know, I told you they're looking for a wing. They want more of a four, a power forward. Somebody can defend and shoot a little bit more than they want a point guard. Yeah, I don't know, though. After what we saw this past week and this past weekend, I might be swinging back to they need a point guard again. Just a, just a backup guy to be able to play someone. Devin Booker is not on the floor because that they really do seem to be struggling with that quite a right. bit. And right. all the numbers point to that. I don't feel like, you mentioned all the names that we've talked about. I don't feel like we've talked about a lot of names because I don't think there are a lot of names to talk about. Um, the Suns just have such limited options in terms of what they can do. Like, I don't feel like we've associated a lot of, even the ones you've shot down, I don't feel like we've associated a lot of names with the Suns because they're just so limited in what they can do. They are. Now, they do have, you know, and it, but that's not for now. Look, they're, they're, there's an easy way for them to get some first uh, second round picks down the road. Say the Suns have the 22nd pick in the draft. They could draft a player for another team that wants that player. The Suns can move down from 22 to 27 or 28 or 29 and add two second round picks by doing it. But that's that's this year and that's at the draft. There's nothing they could do now with their first round pick, only second round. All right, we'll uh, keep everybody updated and Gimbo, you're going to keep the costume here and handy, right? Is that the is that the plan? Yes. That's the plan. Okay. Yes, good. I think I don't know. Did you like it? it, it was it uh, funny? It was, it was, it took me by surprise. That's for sure. I'm like, what is he doing? Where does he go? What, is he on a call? Does he, is he, is he talking with a source? Oh no, he's putting on a Grim Reaper costume. Yes. Okay. That's what he's yeah, doing. Yeah. I ordered it. I bought it. I figured, why not? Why not just why play not? the part? Yeah. Why not play the part? Just, just death to all draft rumors for the Phoenix Suns. When we come back, mock drafts continue to roll out for the Arizona Cardinals. One of them you're going to like. One of them I think you're going to be a little confused by. We'll bring them both to you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hello, everybody. 
everybody, Dan Bickley here, and Giannis and the Bucks are in town for a showdown at Footprint Center. We'll get y'all prepped up for it starting at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, back here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Gambo's taking off the costume now, though I, I expect we'll see it again at some point when there's something else. Just leave it here, and anytime we've got to do a, uh, you know, Break out the Reaper. We, just, we've just got it here. It real quick. Yeah, we potentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. potentially. You could do that. Um, the trade deadline coming up at the NBA. Mitch mentioned it a second ago. It's on Thursday. We'll see what the Suns are able to do or uh, what limits they're going to have on what they're able to do because they just don't have that many assets they can move. In the meantime, uh, the big news over the weekend in the NFL, in addition to the two teams arriving in Vegas, getting ready for the Super Bowl, which, of course, we'll talk about throughout the course of the week here, was the Cliff Kingsbury hire in Washington as the offensive coordinator. And we talked about that a little earlier in the show, trying to figure out what it means for the NFL drafts and whether it means the, the Washington Commanders are planning, are they planning a move up to go get Caleb Williams by hiring the guy who helped coach Caleb Williams his last year at USC, or are they just hiring Cliff because they like his work with young quarterbacks and the Commanders know that they're going to get a young quarterback at number two, be it Jaden Daniels or, or Drake May or whatever the case may be. Either way, Cliff going to the Commanders is certainly an interesting wrinkle, one that we have not yet seen in the mock drafts. Now, maybe we'll start. I'll be curious to see over the next couple of weeks. Do we start to see some people predicting the commanders moving up to number one to take Caleb Williams? I don't know. You know, yeah. is that like a byproduct of all of this? I mean, we look, we saw it. We saw it with the Cardinals. And I keep saying this. We saw it with the Cardinals when they hired Cliff. Not all the mock drafts had the Cardinals taking Kyler Murray initially, right? It was kind of a transformation over that offseason before teams. There were three players. It was Nick Bosa, who the Cardinals really liked. Yep. Kime spent a lot of time with Nick Bosa. And if they didn't take Kyler, they would have went Bosa. I think the third guy was Quinnen Williams. I believe you are correct. So those were the three. But the guy that, you know, obviously the guy that they liked the most that didn't take Kyler would have been Nick Bosa. That would have been the pick if they didn't go quarterback there. All right. So a couple of new mock drafts dropped over the weekend. And one of them is very, very standard. And I think most Cardinal fans will like it. This one comes from Matt Miller, who uh, draft guy over at ESPN.com. Caleb Williams, number one to the Chicago Bears. Drake May, number Number two to the Commanders, Jaden Daniels. Number three to the New England Patriots. Okay, Marvin Harrison Jr. Number four to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. That's and pretty I think standard. That'll stuff. be standard. Now, now it gets interesting with the second pick. What do they have them doing with that other pick? The second first round pick is J.C. Latham, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Okay. See, more of a right tackle at 13 starts at right tackle, 25 overall. Was a defensive end in high school, bulked up quite a bit, and ended up being a you know a good player, a very run-oriented offense. They ran the ball a lot. So, you know, he's definitely a guy. Now, there's going to be this run on offensive linemen. You know, he's probably going to be like the sixth offensive tackle that's taken. Mm -hmm. So there seems to be a lot of depth at the position. Me and you talk about this all the time. If you you really like the depth at tackle, then you're okay taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at four, believing you'll get a good tackle at 27. If you think that there's going to be a crazy 
run on tackles and you're going to miss out on a good one, but you like the depth of wide receiver, well, then you may go tackle at number four and get the wide receiver later in the first or second or even third round. So I think that's what it really just depends on, the depth at each each position. Sure, and which one do you feel more comfortable with? Which one do you feel? I, I think most people would say typically that the wide receiver depth is such that you'd rather take the wide receiver a little bit later and the offensive tackle first, but I think this year is unique. And I can't remember who said it. Somebody on our station, one of the draft experts from the Senior Bowl, I think it was Matt Miller, had said that, that this year's draft, and you mentioned it a second ago, is so deep in offensive linemen that there's going to be a run. And, and he, he did a mock. He's like, I had seven of them going in the first round. There's never seven of them that go in the first round, but there's so many good ones. This might be the year to do it. He did it. It was a two-round mock that he did. He had the Cardinals in the second round taking a corner, Nate Wiggins, out of Clemson. Now, what's interesting about that to me is that positionally speaking, he's got the Cardinals with their first three picks going wide receiver, offensive lineman, corner. The only other position which I think would crack the top three for them would be an edge rusher. Right? I agree. Beyond that, I agree. I'd be shocked if there's any other position that is taken by the Cardinals with their first three picks other than receiver, offensive lineman, corner, or edge. Three of their first three their first yeah. three picks are gonna be three of those four positions. I just don't know which one they're gonna leave out. W- when Wiggins it's all set. was the fastest player on that Clemson team. He's coming out early. He's six foot two. You look at the top cornerbacks, right? Kool-Aid McKinstry, Kamari Lassiter, Cooper Dijon. This there's some really good ones. Wiggins is right in that group of top cornerback. So he's going to go very high. He's got great speed. He's got good size. He was really productive at Clemson. So, I, you know, I could absolutely see that as a second round pick for the Cardinals. All right. Today, uh, I paid off my debt to the Burns and Gambo you did. show. You did. I got it right uh, here. Everybody's got Dutch bros. Uh, Mitch and Lauren got Dutch bros on the other side of the glass because I had the, uh, the audacity to bring to the table a mock draft that I had not thoroughly researched and clicked on. And had I clicked on it and looked at it, I never would have brought it up on the air. It was Bad. It, it was, was a, bad. It was a it was real. Bad. K- had Caleb Williams going like eighth, eighth. right? Like it eighth. was. It was dumb. It was thumbs down. Says Mitch, and mm. I agree. It was a very bad mock draft. I'm gonna bring another one to the table now. Okay. Okay. It's not quite that bad. Okay, but it's different. It's a diff- It's a really different one. So I'm not giving everyone coffee again. If you don't like this one, tough. It's tough, right? Tough. Everyone got their coffee today. Everyone's good. Lauren got her tea. Mitch got his sugar-free kicker. Gambo's got his mocha, which he hasn't drinking yet. I can't. Boy, I can't wait to see you caffeinated. That's going to be a blast. <laughs> it's like a hot chocolate. This is yeah, hot chocolate with a bunch of caffeine in it. Mm. Lance Zierlein from NFL.com. Caleb Williams, number one. Jaden Daniels, number two. Marvin Harrison Jr., number three. And that's the Patriots. Yes. Okay, that's the team that I'm not sure would would grab the quarterback. If there's one team that doesn't grab a quarterback, it would be New England. It's not Washington. I don't think it's Chicago. I think it would be New England. They they need a lot of help. Rome Adunzi to the Cardinals at four. The Cardinals lose out on Harrison Jr. and go with the the next best wide receiver over potentially the best tackle in the draft? And I don't see it. I don't see it. Shrake May is still on the board. Which means so that somebody would likely call the Cardinals for a possible move up. You would think. And that's, Look, you can move down three, four spots and either get a Dunze or get a great tackle. You could. 
So I, you know, st- look at the teams that are after the Cardinals, you know, in that, you know, not, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten range, six, seven of the Giants, Giants would probably be six, a team. Titans that are could seven. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Zierlein was on today with Wolf and Luke and said, guys, I'm telling you, Roma Dunsey is Larry Fitzgerald. Just it, his words, not mine. Once I got through with the tape, I realized Penix looked better on television because of Adunze. And I think uh, when he runs in the, in the, lo- in the low to mid four, four range, when you see his size, his ability to win the contested catch, I think people are going to take a look at Larry Fitzgerald. That's my comp on him mm. is I believe he's got some Larry Fitzgerald qualities to him. And so that's one of the reasons I felt like it made a lot of sense. Uh, Malik neighbors is a guy who I think might be the most talented receiver in the entire draft. But Adunze is a, is a guy that could remind the Bidwells and, and maybe the entire organization of Fitzgerald. He's a great kid. A lot of them, coaches at Washington raved about him. So um, it's not a wolf. It's not a bad. <laughs> it's not a bad uh, uh, number two wide receiver for you. In fact, either is Malik Neighbor. So if you really want wide receiver, the top three guys in this draft are really, really good. I have no problem with the Cardinals going to Roma Dunze. I really, really don't. I don't know if Drake May is sitting there at number four whether I'd want the Cardinals not trading the pick to somebody who would want to come up again. I can't imagine that they wouldn't trade that pick if May's on the board and teams are calling and they can move down a few spots. Now, they don't want to move down to 18-19, but could they move down to 6? Could they move down to 7? Could they move down a few spots, get an extra couple of picks, and still get a great tackle or a wide receiver there? Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, one thing we learned about the Phoenix Suns during this road trip is that their role players, their bench players, their backups, they started to get some major contributions from those guys which has us asking the question, is the need to add a player at the trade deadline being minimized because of it? That's coming up next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's Luke. What do you want to see from the Phoenix Suns when they face the guy who took the 2021 NBA title away from them? We're getting you ready for Suns Bucks tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Yeah, yeah it's NBA long season. We're going to have bad losses. We try to minimize those. Uh, no excuse. We got to be better, and uh, we're trying the best to do it the right way, man. And you just being healthy, it helps. As Yusef Nurkic, we'll talk him about him specifically a little bit later, but he is certainly part of this conversation when we talk about guys beyond the big three, the role players for the Phoenix Suns. The road trip is over. They go four and three. Be whatever you want to be about the win-loss record. Um a little disappointed it wasn't a little bit better. I thought they could have done better. There were things to really like about the road trip. There were things to not like about the road trip, most namely the results. One thing I think to really, really like about the road trip, and I mean really like about the road trip, is the bench played a lot better and the role guys played a lot better, right? Like there were yeah. some serious contributions across the board. I mean, to the point where, and I, I don't... I don't. I, I, I think that the two kind of go hand in hand. When you're talking about the NBA trade deadline this week on Thursday coming up at 1 o'clock, and I'm sure the Suns will do something. They still have to do something. I'm not saying they don't. 
But man, the way the bench has been playing the last week, week and a half, it certainly reduces some of the urgency for them to do something, doesn't it? Yeah, I think a couple of guys stand out. I think Drew Eubanks has been playing terrific. You know, I think he's taken advantage of that opportunity. I think Eric Gordon, ever since he got back in the lineup, has really shot the ball well. And the third one to me is Josh Okogi. I thought Josh played extremely well. Bobo came back last night, played well, had a good game. Kate Bates Diop, you know, you can make some arguments that he's played well. So you probably got five guys on that bench that you could point to and say, okay, they're, they're playing well. You know, Bobo has been out for a while, but he looked pretty good last night. Um, you got Eric Gordon who's back and doing Eric Gordon things. Eubanks to me has been sensational. Uh, Okogi, me and you have raved about his play of late. And then Kade Bates Diap, who's been given more of a real opportunity to play, which is what you kind of were hinting at and wanting. Like, hey, give the guy a regular minutes over a certain time period and let's see what he can do. And I think he's played well. Yeah, Kade Bates Diap to me is the one that's been less than the other. I'd say the guy who stood out the most to me is Josh Okogi. Uh, and not, not that that makes it, okay, you don't need to go get anybody. Okay, you don't need to trade for him, but you, you still need to try to add to this roster and see if you can find yourself a better seventh player, a better eighth player. You always got to try, and and I have no doubt. While you were in the back room getting dressed up in your um, Grim Reaper costume for uh, for Blue Oyster Cult, for show and tell. I, I pointed out yeah, show and tell. I pointed out that tomorrow is going to mark the one year anniversary of Matt Ishbia buying the team. Oh wow! And and. I would expect that whatever, given Matt Ishbia's very aggressive nature in owning the Phoenix Suns, something is going to happen this week or huh. early next week with the buyout market. Maybe maybe the trade deadline isn't all that because there's only so much they can do. But make no mistake, if there is a player the Suns can go out and add to make them better this year, I'd be really, really, really surprised if Matt Ishbia doesn't go out and get that guy. His, his year-long ownership of this team has been marked by his aggressiveness in doing these things when it comes to the team. Yeah, I think the biggest moves the organization's made have really all paid off, which is, you say what you want, the Bradley Beal trade has paid off. The Nurkic for Aiton trade has paid off. The KD trade has paid off. The Monty Williams firing has paid off. I, I give the organization credit because the four biggest moves they made how well you could look at all of those and put them in the win column. Now, I will ask you, with the way the bench has played lately, does it alleviate some of the need to go, you know, give up second-round picks to go get a guy? Does it alleviate some of that need yes. with the way five bench players have played? Yes, it has. It has. But, but it, honestly, it just reinforces to me what I've believed all along. And I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record. Buyout market, buyout market, buyout market. I, I I just think that's where it's at. I, I I think that's where I think that's where the Suns can really score because I think they're going to be a popular team among players on the buyout market as a team. Hey, I want to go play for them. I want to go play for that organization. I want to go try to win a championship with them. I want to play. Well, I I just maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misreading the putt here. But I think the Suns have shown like like if like if I got cut. I got bought out for my contract, and I'm looking where to go. I think the Suns offer two things. Number one, there's legit opportunity for playing time. Legitimate, right? Because the bench has been so uncertain. And I've got a chance to win a championship. So for me, I think they become a very popular destination. But in terms of what you're talking about, the trade deadline, yeah. I, I think it – I don't think I'm as – 
urgent to go find somebody at the deadline because my bench has done reasonably well these last couple of weeks. Eric Gordon's played great. Drew Eubanks is playing with it. Bull Bull? Man, I, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say I've become a Bull Bull believer, but I'm starting to believe that when he comes on the floor... He can make an impact. That he can make an impact. I watched him yesterday, and I can see it was the Wizards. They suck. They're awful. Oh, God, they're so bad. But Bull Bull made an impact in that game. I, I mean, he... It was obvious. It was plain as day. And I think he's got the ability to do more of that. I, I, I just, I still, I still hope that on the buyout market, there is a point. You know who I was watching yesterday? I was watching Jordan Goodwin when he came in in those garbage minutes. And I thought, he's supposed to be the guy, right? That's he's, why they let campaign go. Yeah. He's, he, because of Gordon Goodwin. They let campaign go because of him. He's supposed to be the guy to be that backup point guard facilitator in the minutes when Devin Booker, right? He was supposed to be, yeah. He's the one guy I wish was doing more to stand out because I think if he played well, it would really alleviate their need to go do anything at the deadline. You know what I mean? He's not going to get that opportunity because he's not going to get the minutes, but a player like that is somebody they could really use in the those non-Devin Booker minutes. Yeah, when they when they let go of Cam, it was like he's not going to play. And one of the reasons he wasn't going to play was because they went out and got Goodwin, and they really felt that Goodwin was going to be able to handle that role. He hasn't had really opportunities to play because not everybody hits. Not everybody hits. And again, I don't believe that they're going out there looking for a point guard. Look, they're looking for depth in a lot of areas. Could they add a guard for depth? Possibly. But I'm saying what they're not looking to go get a point guard that's going to take the ball out of Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, or Devin Booker's hands. No, and definitely not Booker. I, I really am just talking about the minutes when Devin Booker's not on the floor. Because you saw the same tweet that I did from Kellen. The the minutes when Devin Booker's, yeah. when he's out there, when he's not it's out not there, good. it's not good. I can't believe it's not good. It blows my mind that Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant can't figure it out without him. But the numbers aren't very good without him. But yes, to answer your question, it does. It, it, it lessens some of the pressure. It makes it it makes it so that maybe you can wait a little bit longer and see who becomes available on the buyout market rather than rushing yourself into a bad deal. That would the be deadline. a good poll question for one of these days this week. Which role player is do you think is playing the best or surprise you the most? Is it Eubanks? Is it Bowl? Is it a Kogi? Is it Kata Bates Diop? Those are the four I mean as take Eric Gordon out of it, but out of those four, which one has surprised you the most? Kata Bates Diop, Bowl. Um, Eubanks Eubanks or a Kogi which one's had the greatest impact who'd you vote for I might vote for Eubanks really I might vote for Drew Eubanks can't remember the last time he missed a shot (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure we could find one I'm sure we could find a couple in there um one for one, three for three, five I, for five two for two four in his last one two three four five six games He's missed one shot in his last six games. It'd be bull bull for one, me. One, two, three. Bull 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 bull. It'd be bull bull for me. Still the most awkward sounding drop. There you of go, all Mitch. Time. That's a good question for tomorrow, Mitch. <laughs> there you go. Put that down. Those four guys. That's a, that's still so awkward to hear that. Well, we I didn't back. actually say that though. They kind of made that. Yeah, I know, but right. it still it still sounds funny yeah. every time we play it. It still makes me laugh a little bit. When we come back, we're gonna hit the reset button on the top sports stories of the day. The four o'clock reset right around the corner here on the Burns and Gambo show. Bull, bull.